0: Champions crowned, history made, a massive late model industry blind spot, and more from a big weekend of dirt racing. Let's go. It's Monday, November 7th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. World Finals is in the books, and with it, the 2022 season of the World of Outlaws, both Sprint Cars and Late Models, and the Super Dirt Car Series, all three now complete. We knew in advance that Matt Shepard and Dennis Herb Jr. would be champions of their respective series, and they were crowned over the weekend. The one championship that was still in doubt was on the Sprint Car side, but Brad Sweet and the KKR49 team never blinked all weekend. Podium finishes Wednesday and Friday with a top five Saturday was more than enough to top David Gravel and the big game team. Gravel ended up with results of 6th, 10th, and 11th on the weekend, and like we talked about last week, he was going to have to win these races over the weekend to really have a shot, Uh, and they just were never towards the front. Uh, Wednesday, it was issues in the dash for Gravel. Friday, he went backwards in his heat and missed the dash completely, and then Saturday, they had damage from kind of getting caught up in somebody else's mess in the dash, uh, and they ended up falling to 11th late in the feature. The final points margin was 48. That's about 24 positions over the course of a season. I believe there were like 69 points uh, points paying races. So 24 spots over 69 races. You can see just how tight things are. Sweet is now a four-time World of Outlaws champion. Only Steve Kinzer and Donnie Schatz now have more titles than he does. And those two are the only others to win four straight uh, championships in a row. In 71 appearances this year, Brad ended up with five wins, 43 top fives, 61 top tens, and an average finish of 5.78. That 5.78 is actually the highest average finish of Sweet's four titles, but it was more than enough this season to uh, bag the championship. Strangely, Brad had a negative feature plus minus for the season, actually minus eight. Uh, that means that he uh, started better in features than he ended up finishing. I do continue to wonder, though, if we'll ever see Gravel break through for a championship. He's no question one of the top drivers in the sport right now and is a surefire Hall of Famer when his career is done. But I feel like we've seen the same story from him time and time again. We We saw it with the CJB5, we saw it with the JJR41, now in the big game too. He can run really well, he can win a bunch of races, but he's just missing that little bit of extra to go the distance. And I say that as a big David Gravel fan. I love David. Great guy, awesome race car driver. But does he really have enough to win one of these championships? Looking at 2022 specifically, the deficiencies for Gravel were really in features. He continues to be the best qualifier in the series, no problem there. Uh, And he and Brad had the exact same heat race average finish on the year. But Gravel did have four less top five starts than Sweet and five less top 10 starts. Both of his deficiency, uh, efficiency numbers were uh, lower than Brad, meaning when he started in the top five and top 10, he was not protecting those spots as well as Sweet. He started outside the top 10 11 times to Brad six, but incredibly was able to convert 10 of those into top uh, 10 finishes. It's pretty wild, though, that in 71 races, Brad only started outside the top 10 six times. That's the type of consistency and the type of performance you need to win one of these championships. Going forward, Gravel and the two team just have to continue to try and find ways to be consistent uh, and maximize their feature finishes if they really want to be a factor for one of these titles. As for the weekend's features, Logan Schuhart was the Wednesday winner with Donnie Schatz taking the victories on Friday and Saturday. It was a nice way to end what was a tough season for Schatz and the TSR 15. They were not really a factor for the title. They actually had their worst average finish in a long time. And hat tip to Cole Macedo for a nice run on Friday. I believe that fourth place result was his career best outlaw finish. So now the teams will have three months to rest and recover and get ready for 2023. You'll see several guys head down under to race at Australia over the coming months. You'll see a few guys at Chili Bowl, things like that. We'll also have to wait and see about full timers for next season, what that roster is going to look like and how the high limit stuff could affect these teams. Uh, there was supposedly a meeting around World Finals sometime over the weekend to discuss some of this, but I haven't heard what ended up coming out of that meeting, so we'll kind of have to wait and see there. We do know that James McFadden will return full-time to the Roth 83 next year, and that car will be powered by Toyota. Uh, it was definitely something that was being talked about over the weekend. Not a great sophomore season for JMac, just the one win. I think the pressure will really be on that team to perform in 2023. Dennis Roth is not known to be a patient man when it comes to his race car drivers. There are rumors of potentially two additions uh, for next year uh, on the Outlaw Tour and maybe one high-profile departure, Uh, so we'll have to wait and see what happens there. We should also get a schedule announcement in the coming weeks as well, Uh, something like 90-ish days, and we'll be right back uh, on track again for Dirk Car Nationals. On the late model side of things, weekend wins went to Mike Marler, Tanner English, and Jonathan Davenport. The Thursday win for English actually clinched him the Rookie of the Year battle and second place in points over Max Blair. That was kind of the one thing we were still waiting to get settled on the late-model side. English is now set to make his debut in the Viper car this coming weekend with the XR Super Series in Las Vegas. Remember, he's departing that Riggs Motorsports 81. Uh, that uh, new Viper car for English, uh car's mostly black. It's got some blue accents. They're going to campaign the number 96V. English is replacing Max Blair, who's now headed over to partner with Boom Briggs. In his first weekend in the Rocket House car, Hudson O'Neill had finishes of 13th, 5th, and 8th. He did lead a bunch of laps on Saturday night, but was no match for the charging Don, uh, Jonathan Davenport. Uh, Davenport went 8th to the win. O'Neill uh, knocked the right recorder out of that thing as well, uh, so I'm not. Uh, I'm sure that probably didn't help his uh, case there as well. Uh, Dennis Serve Jr. closed out his championship run with finishes of 6th, 8th, and 3rd. His crew chief, Heather Line was once again uh, named the series crew chief of the year. She becomes the first woman to win a national touring light medal championship as a crew chief. Uh, it was a big moment for the sport and for her to earn the award and the title. Herb finished the season with four wins, 22 top fives and 35 top tens in 43 races. This one was never in doubt down the stretch. Herb was basically in control of this thing all throughout the summer. Uh, and looking ahead, the lay model world will be split this coming weekend. Uh, you get the Flow Series finale at Sonoya and XR out in Las Vegas. Big money available at both events. Quality cars are expected for each. Uh, we'll talk more about those shows later in the week. And I feel like the best racing of the weekend at Charlotte may have been with the Modifieds. We had great battles all three nights. Matt Williamson took two of three wins, and then Matthew Desjardins picked up his first career victory on Friday. That victory lane interview with Matthew Desjardins was uh, was pretty cool. He got asked a question, uh, and he started answering in English, but I think got so excited and was maybe uh, kind of throwing it out to some of his French-speaking fans and sponsors and, and supporters. But just in the middle of an answer, started speaking French, and all of us that don't speak French were left wondering what he was saying. Uh, but super cool there from Matthew Desjardins. Uh, matt shepherd was crowned a series champion actually out of the race though both friday and saturday with mechanical issues friday he was leading when he bowed out from the race uh, that was what opened the door for desjardins to get the win didn't matter though uh, Shepard was super dominant all season across the northeast modified scene the super dirt car series he ended up with seven wins at 13 top fives and 15 top tens in 19 races congrats to all three series champions who were crowned on saturday night at charlotte I love that moment at World Finals uh, that you get all three series champions up on the stage. They all get their trophies, um, and then you end up kind of with the big fireworks and the cool photos from that. It's a great moment there from World Finals. I did end up spending some time at the track on Saturday night as well, uh, wandering around again with my camera gear. Great atmosphere. This is an event I would definitely put on your list to attend if you had not done so before. I do think the move to four days was good, and we got to see a bunch of racing, and the shows were done at a reasonable hour every night, which is about all you can ask for. Uh, if you didn't see them already, I posted pit walk videos from both the sprint car and late model pits on the YouTube channel. I'll link them to the video uh, in the video description below if you want to check those out. Uh, and while we're talking about content, there's a noticeable difference right now between the sprint cars and the late models when it comes to content being captured at the track. This is something I noticed uh, this weekend. Camera people are everywhere in the sprint car pits and nowhere in the late model pits. I've called the late model world out for this multiple times in the past few years and have gotten quite a bit of hate for it, including from some of the drivers, uh, but it continues to be a massive blind spot for them. Duracing Racing is already incredibly slow to adopt new technologies of new, uh, and new ways of thinking, and they're very much behind the open wheel side on this. It's a shame because they're literally leaving money on the table by not jumping in with more of their own coverage across the social media platforms. And I've heard all the excuses for why they don't do it. And that's fine. Stick to those excuses. But it's never been easier than it is right now to grow your own fan base and make money. And they just flat refuse to get on board. It's something that continues to absolutely baffle me. when I talk about that, you know, uh, about there being, uh, you know, people not capturing content, I'm not talking about photographers. There's photographers everywhere, all sides, whatever. When I'm talking about the social media stuff. I'm talking about videos. Uh, you've got teams, uh, you know, bringing their own people now to the racetrack to capture content on the open wheel side. And it's just not happening on the lay model side. I do not understand it. Uh, one other quick story for you. Me and my son were standing uh, in line on Saturday afternoon to get him a drink and some nachos. I don't know why the kid just loves crappy nachos. Uh, and I looked up at the guy in front of me in line to see my own logo on the back of his shirt. Uh, it took me a minute to register what I was seeing, but it was super cool that somebody was wearing one of my shirts at World Finals. I obviously complimented his shirt choice and he said he was a regular watcher of the show. I didn't catch your name. So if uh, you are watching today, feel free to message me or send me a comment. Uh, that was one of several reactions I had with some of you through the couple of days I was at the track. Incredibly awesome to get the response I did uh, from from not only the people that watch, but uh, people in the industry as well. Uh, I appreciate you guys a lot tuning in. We'll continue to keep this thing going. Uh, If you want to grab a shirt or a hat or a sticker for yourself, you can head over to shop.dirttracker.com anytime. Uh, Shipping is free and I'll cover the sales tax for you. All right, elsewhere around the country, there are a few other things to to get into. At Paris for the Oval Nationals and the final USAC Sprint Car Weekend of the Year, Brady Bacon won two of three nights, but it just wasn't enough to catch Justin Grant. JG had weekend runs of second, eighth, and sixth uh, and wrapped up his first career Sprint Car Championship with USAC. It was actually USAC title number two Uh, as he uh, won the Silver Crown Championship in 2020. In 39 races, he picked up six wins, 24 top fives, and 37 top tens, and is taking home a cool $50,000 for doing so. Robert Ballou was actually the other winner on the weekend. The USAC Midgets uh, uh, begin their final stretch of races starting November 15th at Bakersfield. So still quite a bit of USAC racing here to come in the coming weeks. Also in California, Justin Sanders swept the Sprint Car Weekend at Stockton between the Sprint Car Challenge Tour and the NARC 410s. Andy Forsberg picked up his first series championship with the Sprint Car Challenge Tour, while Dominic Selzy was confirmed as the NARC champion by just rolling out to qualify. We knew that in advance. A couple of other notes from that one. Ryan Timms was in attendance, but he was in the Works Limited 57. A little surprised to see that. Uh, He finished sixth in the NARC feature. Also really glad to see Willie Croft walk away from his scary crash. He had issues before the 410 feature even started. Uh, spending some time in the work area. And then just a few laps in, he climbed to the right rear of Colby Copeland in turn three and went for a big ride tumbling through. He actually went through the opening in the wall, basically back into the work area. Pretty wild moment. Uh, but thankful he was okay, and so was everybody else. Other weekend lay model winners included Garrett Alberson bagging uh, 10 grand at Duck River on Sunday. Jensen Ford actually won there on Friday zach dome and rj conley were late model winners at atomic speedway i know it was a mess there at atomic uh, and i think we'll dive into, on, uh, into that topic on tomorrow's show i've got some details i've talked to a few people around there so stay tuned uh, for tomorrow's show if you're interested in that story the only thing on the streaming schedule today is flow racing 24 7 to see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch visit dirt tracker.com watch tonight That's it for the show today. Have a good Monday. Please hit that like button and subscribe to the show if you don't do so already. We are really close to 10,000 subscribers. I think we need like 60 or 65 more to get there. So hopefully very soon. Uh, Thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily.